Did you know CPAs work around the clock on taxes, audits? Yes, it's quite a shock. But business owners, they've got a dream. More tax saving strategies, that's what they need. Welcome to Welcome to Proactive Tax Strategies with your host, Ken New. This podcast is for professionals, including CPAs and business owners, but also for high net worth individuals who want to know more about advanced financial and tax strategies. I'm Patrice Sikora. Ken, please tell us more about the purpose of this show, and then please introduce your guest. Well, hello, everyone. Uh, again, my name is Ken New. My company is Pinnacle Financial Wealth Management, and for 26 years now, I've been working with high network individuals and small business owners. And, you know, the biggest cost associated with growing assets is the cost of taxes. And so my guest today is Ian Wellham. He is a chartered accountant specializing in helping CPA firms maximize profits and how to become more relevant for their clients. So, Ian, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello, Ken. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. Uh, I've uh, spent uh, a number of years in the accountancy profession as in public practice with Ernst & Young and then subsequently to that uh, with a multinational and then most recently actually in this role of helping CPA firms and uh, other accounting firms uh, make a difference and become 21st century accountants. Great, great. So today our segment. This whole broadcast is about overcoming challenges for the accounting profession itself and CPAs and how to maximize their profit potential. So can you walk us through that? Sure. You'd think, Ken, that CPAs would be telling me that they don't have enough clients and that they're always on the treadmill to get more clients. Nothing could really be further from the truth. Um, it's not that they have too few clients. Their problem really is that they have way too many clients. In fact, too many clients of the wrong type, shall we say. Okay. So I know that you work with CPAs and accountants all the time. And generally speaking, this industry is challenged. And you're talking here about uh, CPAs who have too few of the right type of clients. Yeah. And too many of the wrong kind of clients. So tell a little bit more of what you think that is. What's that all about? Yeah. Well, let me explain a little bit more, dive a bit deeper into it. Okay. One of the issues uh, that they have all these clients and there is this feeling of a need to keep revenue coming into the firm, but that environment of tax preparation is becoming increasingly more competitive. And that's not only with the H&R blocks of this world, but also AI is coming into play now. And so with technology, it's certainly possible that in the next five to 10 years, we might not be touching tax returns any longer. Everything would be all automated. And then a big chunk of that revenue for the CPAs is going to disappear. 
So clearly they don't really want clients that are only tax preparation clients. They need clients where they're doing a lot more things for them other than that tax prep. Yeah, I guess the future is actually faster than you think sometimes uh, to think that in in the near future that AI might be doing tax preparation. You know, that suggests that the industry itself is completely flipping from the preparation aspect of it and uh, maybe leaning more towards the advice side. A hundred percent, Ken. Um, in fact, the AICPA has been talking about this for over 20 years now. Um, now, I've worked with many, many, many firms, dozens of firms, and we do something which is um, interesting, I think, because we do an analysis. And let me just talk you through what that analysis shows with respect to the clients that they have. So what we do is we look at the fees, the total fees for the firm by individual client, and then we split it into sections of 20% or five sections, if you will. And let, let me give you an example. It's easier if I talk to the numbers. Let's say a CPA firm has a thousand clients. Okay. So the top 200 of those clients would be the first segment, the first 20%. Now, as I said before, I've done this analysis with literally dozens, probably hundreds by this stage, of accounting firms. And almost all of them fall into the same category where more than 70% of the revenue of the firms come from that top 20%. So just think about that. That's 200 clients amazing. producing 70% of the revenue of a firm in the case where the firm has a thousand clients. Why would they ever want to work with the uh, bottom half? It comes back to that need for revenue. They, they can't quite come to terms with the fact that the 30% that uh, of fees that they're getting somehow aren't, what's the word I would describe as, uh, they are still necessary. But if I take it down a level or two more. What's more staggering to me is that typically the bottom 20%, and again, using the firm with the thousand clients. So the bottom 200 produce less than 2% of the revenue. Think about that for a moment. A firm has a thousand clients. If they dropped the bottom 200, they'd only lose 2% of their revenue. Wow, and by not, do, by not doing that, what that creates is a need to run really fast on the treadmill every time there's a tax deadline, September 15, October 15, March 15, April 15. And it creates this, what I would describe as, it's it's chaotic. And yet... It doesn't need to be like that. Okay. So to repeat then, the the top 20% drives 70% of revenue on average for the typical CPA firm or accounting practice. 
Yes. And the bottom 20% only drives 2% of revenue. And this is a business that's in business to turn the profit, to deliver the goods, so to speak. So how does that compare in contrast if we're spending time with that bottom 20%? That's the crux of the matter. So what we do is we help them understand how they can effectively move away from working with those bottom 20%, or maybe it's 30%, or maybe it's even bottom 40%, by working more with their um, with their top clients and indeed attracting, and this is the key, attracting and only taking on clients that fit their new target. In other words, look something similar to their top 20% of their clients currently. So that will normally be high net worth individuals with a lot of activity. It could also be, and probably also will be, uh, business owners, small, medium-sized business owners who need tons of things. And that actually brings them from where they are today as largely uh, compliance-driven businesses to actually being value-added businesses because they provide valuable advice. Absolutely, absolutely. So would would you describe then the idea of tax preparation and auditing services as the commodity in the industry and the the shift now would be a shift to more of a value add strategy and um and and such then what is an accounting professional to do what are the cpas to do now to make this kind of transition if we're moving away from the commodity or the ai model that might actually be uh, prepared technologically uh, to the aspect of working with clients through their their personal life, their business life, getting through regulatory retirement requirements to legally reduce taxes and such. There's a lot to unpack in that question, um, Ken. Let me start by saying it's not as though the accounting profession's doomed. The CPA, the accountant, is still in a really good position to have a successful business. In fact, they're unique in that they are the most trusted advisor to most people. And that gives them a great springboard to do a heck of a lot more. And of course, and I'm going to mention this right up front, the biggest mistake that every accounting firm makes is they give away advice for free all year, every year, and they've been doing it for decades. But if they develop an advisory practice with a fee structure that begins to bring to the fore the proactive and holistic nature of that advice, that can explode their practice with their existing clients, not necessarily the bottom 20 or 30%, but certainly with the top 20 or 30 or 40%, there'll be a lot more things they can do. Let me put it in the simplest possible way of thinking, I guess, 
because tax is uppermost in people's minds when they think about accountants. If they did more tax planning than they currently do, brought in specialists, tax attorneys, etc. Once you do tax planning, it gives you the ability to bill on value-based, uh, a value-based uh, billing instead of hourly. So let's just give an example here. Let's say we have a business owner here who has a substantial tax bill. And we bring to, to, to bear um, an extensive and comprehensive tax planning strategy that will mitigate the tax bill, in other words, reduce it. Let's say that those savings run to $50,000. Based on the value that the client is receiving as the accountant, I don't need to charge for the hours I've spent. I can charge based on the value I'm delivering. I might charge $15,000. And the client is will be very happy because that I'm saving them $50,000. So what we've done here is we've completely changed direction. No more running on the treadmill, but more using our skills and collaborating with other experts to deliver a huge value to the client. And that's changed not only now is the accountant the most trusted advisor, but also the most relevant and valued advisor. So it seemed there's a shift in the narrative here from the client asking, how much do I owe in taxes to how much did I save? And that example, $50,000, and a fee of $15,000, wow, that's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer for the accountant, and it's a no-brainer for the client. Sure, sure. If we can demonstrate that we're saving taxes, and therefore our fees are adjusted associated to that. But this idea of being proactive, I and mean, how do we identify this opportunity? What exactly is at the genesis of proactive? And uh, and what does that mean? Just looking ahead to next year or years? Or... Well, you can think of reactive being the tax preparation and proactive being the tax planning. And you can align that with preventative medicine or dentistry with uh, dentistry or medicine that cures things. If we're proactive, we can prevent something from happening. And the number of times I hear from accountants that they're going to be busy in the fourth quarter looking at what's happening with their clients, that should be starting the first quarter and continue throughout the year. It should also not be a single year look. It should be looked at several years ahead for a strategy, maybe that in year one won't actually interfere or hurt the client where there may be more beneficial strategies in future years, two, three, four, and beyond. So this whole idea of looking holistically and being proactive is really the root of adding tremendous value.
Yeah. So again, to pick up on that analogy, then in the medical profession, when we have a scenario where there is a illness and we are going to uh, mitigate that, we're going to uh, prescribe to the illness. And really what your analogy is, is let's look to prevent that illness and in doing so, that is the genesis of being proactive. That's the idea of being proactive. And, uh, and would you say that's what a 2023 accountant would be striving to do? Absolutely. That's a 21st century accountant who is looking to provide the prevention rather than just the cure. Sure, sure. And I think we've heard feedback from many high net worth folks, small business owners, and one of the things that they asked about is, how do I get more advice about tax strategy versus the idea of here's how much you owe, here's the tax return, give it a look over, see what you think, let me know, and move on from there. And we're really flipping the script here. Uh, Absolutely. And again, I can't stress strongly enough It's what the industry recognizes. The AICPA, again, has been talking about this, as I said before, for more than 20 years. And this whole idea of becoming the most relevant advisor is absolutely key to the future. Well, let's take a dive into the most relevant advisor. and Give me some examples. What do you mean by being the most relevant advisor well most relevant means you provide the most value and to me that starts with this holistic planning comprehensive to do that successfully you can't just guess at how to do it you need a process you need a process where you discuss with the client a much wider variety of their needs. Now, you can do that by simply using a diagnostic questionnaire, and that diagnostic questionnaire will cover all aspects of their financial lives, both personal and business. And then, by going through with that with them, that starts to give some direction as to what's important to them. And to some degree, they will discuss things because you're prompting them through a questionnaire. They're going to say things which they maybe wasn't at the forefront of their mind, but had been bothering them for some time. Effectively, what they're doing is they're helping you understand what they need. They're telling you where they want help. And then you're able to actually grab that and analyze it and decide as their accountant what's in within your expertise and what isn't. And for that that's outside your sphere of expertise, then you need to decide who to bring on to help them. But under your umbrella you'll be the quarterback as the accountant i think it comes down to it's who not how 
And that's a very important thing to understand. If we draw a comparison with the medical profession, um, the accountant is like the primary care physician. But when there's a cardiac problem, you bring in a cardiologist. And when there's a specific problem for the accountant, which is outside of their direct expertise, they bring in an expert. That's how you deliver value and the best possible expertise you can. Using experts to cover the expertise you still remain at the center of the client's universe. In fact, you become the go-to person for them, for everything. And the more you do for them, the more they will come to you. And that means for your firm, the stickier client they become, less likely to leave. But the, the great thing about this is it's a huge win for the client but for the accountant and their firm, they're getting more fees. So it's a win-win, win for you, win for the client. The other aspect is you somehow, somewhat redress the work-life balance. Because now you're having enjoyable, in-depth work with clients, doing things you've never done before, but you're no longer reliant on the tax preparation work at those four critical deadlines. So it allows you to get off the treadmill because you're replacing a lot or more than you would actually lose from, um, from getting, uh, from not having those bottom 20 or 30% of clients. So you can let those 20 or 30% go to uh, maybe to uh, other firms who want to specialize in just tax preparation or go to H&R Block or go wherever. But the thought is that as the accounting firm, you're not losing revenue, you're gaining revenue. And I have to say, your staff, is going to be a lot happier as well because they're not going to have to work 60, 70, 80 hour weeks from February through April, for instance. So it's, again, it's a complete change of direction where probably more than 50% of your revenue will now start to come from advisory services rather than reactive compliance services. So it sounds like what you're describing is that ideal client, that shift from the commodity tax preparation, competitive pricing to an exclusive. I'm working with ideal clients and I am providing a value add and by definition, then I can structure my life around the thing that I love to do and add value to my clients and they're going to be happy and they're going to continue to do business with my firm. And, uh, and it makes then the CPA the most relevant advisor here. Exactly, Ken. And the beauty of it all 
those clients, when they meet their friends and family and maybe when they're with other business colleagues, they're going to be saying, you can't believe how great my accountant is. He or she is doing X, Y, Z for me. And it doesn't take very long before those friends, family, business associates come along and say, would you mind introducing me to your accountant? I think I'd like to get what you're getting. Yeah, flipping that narrative from how much do I owe to how much I saved in taxes. So in your experience, what are some of the common misconceptions or blind spots, if you will, uh, that CPAs have when it comes to this whole idea of this process and maximizing their potential? Oh, I think the first thing is they just can't get past the fact that they're giving up revenue from those uh, bottom 20 or 30%. For some reason, they do not see, and in many cases, it stops them actually from making the change to becoming more advisory. You see, the problem is if you keep all of those existing compliance clients, okay, then you won't have enough time to spend with your better clients on the more valuable work. So what happens in effect is, and I'm going to exaggerate for, for here, but you end up as an accountant doing $10 an hour work when you could be doing $1,000 an hour work. But there's a blind spot there. They don't see it in those terms normally because they've not experienced it, but they just keep going back to the arithmetic and looking at, well, I'm giving up X thousand dollars a year. But if they replace those hours with advisory proactive services, instead of being paid very, very minimally, I'm going to say minimally, they can deliver on that value-based billing that we talked about before. And so, again, their time becomes more valuable. And they will easily, easily recover more revenue from those top clients than they will lose revenue from those clients at the... Um, in the bottom 20 or 30%. But the, the most important thing I believe is that you're actually delivering something that those clients need in the top part of your, your client base. They actually need the help you're going to deliver. And it's not indiscriminate help because if you follow a process and use a questionnaire, it's the help that they actually tell you that they need. So it's not you, you don't sell anything here. It's actually providing the services that the client wants. As far as maximizing, again, that, that, that their own potential, they, they are, we as accountants, I'm an accountant, we are taught, taught to be technical and taught to think about things in a technical way. And when you go into the advisory world, the questions you get, you're not always going to know the answer. 
And that's not a comfortable position for an accountant because they are used to being asked questions around the tax return that they can answer easily. They've heard them a thousand times. But the the going into the unknown is where, as you know, as a business owner, the ones who make the most money generally have accepted certain levels of risk. Now, the good news for the accountant is they don't really have to take any risks here because they can always call on other expertise to fill in the gaps when the client delivers uh, a need, uh, a requirement, uh, wants something, uh, some help with something. Then if they don't know, it's fine. Go and get the help from an expert who, not how. Yeah, that's great insight. Uh, valuable expertise here. Great insights for sure. And and you've begun now to to the transition to our next segment. Really, is uh, on our next episode we're going to take a deeper dive into the the actual casework and take a look at what it means to be an accountant in today's world and a CPA in today's world. And now look at a case differently. Sometimes, as the old saying goes, if you change the way you see things, the things you see will change. And um, in our next segments, we'll be able to take a look then at uh, casework and a deeper dive into what a CPA might see if they look at it from a different perspective. So again, thank you so much for your expertise, your insight for today. Um, appreciate your time, and we'll see you on the next segment. Thank you, Ken. And listeners, follow this podcast to make sure you don't miss any episode of Proactive Tax Strategies and be sure to share with colleagues and anyone interested in advanced financial strategies. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to the Proactive Tax Strategies podcast. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at www.pinnaclefinancialwealthmanagement.com or give us a call at 321-454-3623. Investment advisory services offered through Arlette Wealth Management AWA, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Pinnacle Financial Wealth Management AWA and AWM are independent entities. Discussions are meant to be general in nature and may not be suitable for all investors. Please consult a tax professional regarding any tax implications.